0: Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast of Bridgepoint Church. Stay tuned after the podcast for a short message, but for now, let's jump right in. Good morning, church. We're so glad uh, that you're checking in with us this morning. We hope that you have a great 4th of July. Uh, maybe you're watching at the beach with your toes in the sand, or maybe you're at the house in the bed. Uh, wherever you are, we're so glad that you are watching this morning. And uh, we're coming out of a series uh, called The Dragon and the Lamb. That was a powerful series. I mean, that sounds like something you'd watch on Netflix, right? The Dragon and the Lamb. And that was such a powerful series and uh, Pastor Matt did such a phenomenal job um, in that series. And so we concluded that series last week and, and this week I have the honor of starting a new series, kicking us off, in a series called This, is my story. This is my story. And so throughout this series you'll get to hear uh, different stories from different people here at our church about how God showed up in their life. And I know that this is going to be a powerful series. And I tell you, there's just something powerful about a story. And I don't know what it is, but I know, I know for me, I can hear facts and just all like logistics and details sometimes when someone's talking, but, and I'm listening, but, but when someone starts telling a story, man, my heart just connects. Something just happens inside of me. And maybe that's the same way for you, but that's how our God is. Our God is the God of the story, right? I mean, look at the Bible. He's telling a story about how he loves us and, and his plan for us. and And so I just love that there's just so much power in stories. And I really believe that God is going to move powerfully through this series as people share their stories. And so for me, I was thinking through my personal story and my testimony. And I was like, man, what, what passage of scripture kind of resonates with me in my story? And immediately just Luke 15 came to mind. And if you're not familiar with Luke 15, it's Jesus. He tells three stories about the first story is about uh, the lost sheep. The second story is about the lost coin, and then the third one is about the lost son. and And I just really resonate and relate to the lost son, and that's where I'm going to be sharing out of today is that story and give you some quick context. Uh, Jesus is talking to a group of people, and part of the crowd is what they say is notorious sinner. So, like if you could imagine. Just the worst of the worst, the prostitutes, the, the gang members, the, the, just the, the people, the society that, that everyone was outcasted, like they were there listening to this message. And then you also had the religious people there uh, listening to this message. And, and, and so in this story, uh, this father has two sons and the youngest son uh, comes to his father one day and says, hey, dad, uh, I want my inheritance now which in that time period, this son was basically saying, hey, I wish you'd go ahead and die, all right? Now, I know that there's no students, middle school, high school, listen to this, that you've never had that feeling towards your parents. I know none of us, none of us here, especially our students here, I know you've never had that thought, but the, this young son was like, hey, I really wish you'd just go ahead and die so I could get my inheritance. And so the dad grants us his wish, gives him his inheritance, and that's where we pick up in verse 13. It says, a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money and wild living. So I guess this verse really sums up my story. It really isn't even a passage. It's just one verse, really. And um, and so, yeah, that's really my story, is this one verse. of You know, I grew up uh, in a very broken home. My parents got divorced when I was five. My mom ended up going to prison right after that, and Um, even after she got out, you know, she was still living a very rough lifestyle, and uh, I was, I faced all types of abuse as a kid growing up, and got into my early teenage years, and it was really like my, you know, like I said, my mom, uh, she was like my best friend, and you know, bless her heart, you know, she was on drugs, and she had a lot of stuff that she went through, and that she was fighting, and, and so it's kind of just this mindset of there's this old song called YOLO that was written by a theologian named Drake okay now so don't google Drake whatever you do okay young people you know where I'm at if you're older I'll save you the time do not google Drake all right but there's a song that's called YOLO and it stands for you only live once and man I bought into that like I didn't believe in God I didn't believe in an afterlife uh, I didn't grow up in church it was very rare that I went to church um, my dad and my mom both didn't grow up in church and so I just had this mentality, kind of like this younger son here, like, "Hey, let's just go live it up. Let's have as much fun as possible." And and so throughout my teenage years, I made a lot of poor choices. Uh, from being, I was a drug addict to I was a drug dealer. I was homeless, got a girl pregnant when I was 15, and got arrested by the police. And uh, just just lived in a very broken home and had a lot of pain depressed just beat up and really to be honest with you I had all this pain in my heart from from my living situation and I was trying to numb all that pain with all these things of the world and isn't that funny that's what we do is we think we can find fulfillment in everything in the world but it never satisfies and man that's where that's where I was at in my teenage years was I was just chasing after everything of the world and uh, nothing was satisfying and, um, and so I want to continue on um, here in the story. And so the son basically, he, he spends all of his money and he's broke and now he's starving. And so uh, some man says, hey, I'll hire you on. You can eat, eat some of the, uh, he was a farmer. He said, hey, you can eat with the pigs, you know, work with the pigs or whatever. And so the son finally says, hey, I'm tired of eating this pig food. Like even, I know at my dad's house that even the servants have food there. They get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every now and then. Come on, somebody. If you love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, put, let me know in the comment section because I love a good old peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so the son's like, hey, even they get some food at my father's house. So what I'll do is I'll, I, will, I will return home and I will get at least to be able to eat. And so that's exactly what he does. And that's where I want to pick up in, in verse 18, it says, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me in, take me on as a hired servant. Isn't that funny? By the way, a little side note here, how every time we mess up, that's how we feel. We feel like we're no longer worthy and that we have to work our way back to God. Anyways, okay, I am want to start preaching here uh, this early in the morning, but verse 20 says, So he returned home to his father, And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son, verse 21, his son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house, put it on him, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And I relate to this. This hits, this hits me in a personal way. This is my story here of I'll never forget the night that I gave my life to Jesus. It was in Decatur, Alabama, in the apartment complex in McIntyre Lane. I was living with my dad at the time. And um, I, I was dating this girl, and uh, the only way we could hang out was at church on Wednesday nights. And it was at youth group that I, mean, I heard about how much Jesus loves me. And how he died on the cross to forgive my sins. And I'll never forget that night in my bedroom where I gave my life to Jesus. And let me tell you what I experienced. I experienced a a heavenly father who is full of love and compassion. Oh, how he, he embraced me that night. Oh, I love how the father came running after him. And I didn't even know it, but the father was running after me that night. And I didn't even know it. And all I had to do was just surrender to him. And that's exactly what happened that night for me is I experienced a father who is full of love and compassion. Is anybody thankful this morning that we serve a God who is full of love and compassion? Right? Because I had all all this stuff I've I've done, the places that I wish I'd never been, the things I wish I would have never done. And I had, you, you hear about, you know, that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. Well, I didn't have just like a little index card of sin. Like I had so much sin like a whole to- roll of toilet paper worth of sin. And the fact that he loved me and, f- and would, would forgive me of all those things, like, man, that is the God that I experienced that night. And it changed my life. He changed me that night. And it was his love that changed me. And, and I love in verse 22, um, there's a couple details there. He says, quick, bring the finest robe in the house, put it on them get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And that robe there represents, he, he got a new identity. I, I'm sure he was wearing this old, nasty, stinky, stained up robe. And the father says, hey, I know that represents your past. I know rep- every time you see that robe, it reminds you of everything you've done. But hey, I'm going to give you a new identity. I, I'm going to give you a robe that represents righteousness, that you've been made right with me. That, hey, your past no longer defines you. You have a fresh start. And I love that. And that's what happened to my stories. Man, he took my sin, all my mess ups, all the stains of my past, and he washed them white as snow. And that's what gets me fired up this morning. That's why I'm so fired up right now. It's because I've been given a new robe. And then the next thing he gives them is a ring on his finger, which represents authority. Man, God's given us authority this morning over the enemy, authority over your situation. And I love that. He just doesn't give you a new robe, like a new identity but, hey, he gives you some power, too. He gives you some authority. And then the last thing was the sandals. This is a big deal. Because if you remember, the son said, hey, I'm a slave. I just want to be a slave. I just want to be a servant. That's how he saw himself. But in, in that time period in that culture, uh, the slaves and the servants didn't get sandals because if they ran off or whatever, you know, it would be hard to get very far without shoes. And so only people that lived in the house got sandals. And so what is the father telling the son today? He said, hey, you're not a slave, you're not a servant, you're still my son. You're my son, and so here's some sandals for your feet. And those three things right there <laughs> is what gets me fired up. Is This is why I share my story, is because I want people to know that, hey, no matter where you've been, what you've done, no, it doesn't matter how messy it is. This guy, this son, hey, he, went, hey, he was in Las Vegas, y'all, and, and he was doing things that no one would ever thought of, Right? But the Father still loved them. And that's why I share my stories. Because I want you to know that God still loves you. No matter what you've been through, God still loves you. And, and, and he has a robe waiting for you. He has a ring waiting for you. He has some fresh sandals for your feet. Come on, somebody. He got some fresh pair of J's waiting on you. I love that about my God. And, and so that is my story. But I want to encourage you that you have a story too this morning. You know, and I feel oftentimes uh, there's really two reasons why we don't share our story. And I think the first one is, is because a lot of us believe that, hey, I don't have a story to tell. Like nobody, I mean, I grew up in church. I have great godly parents. And the worst thing that I've ever done is spill coffee on my Bible. I was born with the Bible and communion supplies. It's a miracle. But, you know, I was born just in a godly family. And, and so a lot of us believe like, hey, I don't I don't really have a testimony. Keith, I hear your story Awesome, but for me, like, there's nothing really to share. And man, like, that is a lie from the enemy. Like, you have a powerful story. Like, we've all been forgiven. Like, the story isn't even about us, it's about him and who he is. That he is a God of love and compassion. He is gracious, gracious, merciful, awesome God that we serve. So ultimately, our stories, it really isn't even about us. It's about him and who he is. And so if you find yourself in that boat today of, man, I don't have a story to tell, that is a lie. You do. People need to hear it. People need to hear your story. I get so encouraged when I talk to people who say, hey, you know, I grew up in a godly home my whole life and grew up in church and gave my life to Jesus when I was seven years old, got baptized right after, you know, as at eight years old, like, it encourages me because being a dad, it encourages me to know, like, hey, if I raise my kids in a godly home, like, man, there's a chance, a great chance that they're going to be world changers, live, live this thing out for Jesus for the rest of their life. And so I love hearing those stories. And on the other side, I think the second reason why we don't share our story, and I wrestle with this a lot, is because it's too messy. Man, the details, there's, there's things that we really regret. And there's things that we've done that we're still trying to get over and that we wish we would forget about. And there's so much shame and guilt and condemnation when it comes to our past. And oftentimes we just want to sweep it away and keep it in the closet, right? And never share with anybody. But I'm here to tell you, if that's you today, God wants to use your story. The very thing that you feel like has disqualified you is the very thing that's qualified you. To, to change people's life. It's those parts of our life that often that people relate to the most. And I'll tell you what, I know um, for me growing up, like I, I really didn't need to hear a verse, like another theological explanation about this verse in Romans. It was it was a story, man, it's about how Jesus changed someone's life. Man, that's what resonated with me. And I think that's what people need to hear. People don't need to hear another verse. They need to hear your story. They need to hear about how Jesus changed your life. Because, hey, they can hear a verse all day long. But when you're looking somebody in the eyes and you hear what Jesus did for them, there's something powerful about that. And so I encourage you today that you have a story to tell no matter if it's full of victories and wins and awesomeness of growing up in church like hey there's still power in that story and there's power over here too for the one that feels like hey I've messed up way too bad like I don't there's I, I still I have so much shame and guilt like I don't there's no way God could use my story because I messed up too bad that's a lie there's power on both sides of those stories and, and people need to hear it and so uh, there's a real quickly in this passage in First Timothy 12, uh, for, uh, chapter 1, 12 through 17, I was, as I was preparing this message, I ran across this passage and, and I just wanted to read it to you real quickly. It says in verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ in my insolence, I persecuted his people. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. So don't miss this. Paul used to blaspheme the name of God. He used to persecute his people. So here is Paul, who is someone we know in Scripture that grew up in church, somebody who was a Jew, true and true. He was a Pharisee. like This man followed the Old Testament laws, right? And yet he's saying, hey, I have a past. I have things that I did wrong, things that I wish I would have never done, Right? Listen to what he says here in verse 14. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ. And once again, I'm going to encourage you. This is why we share our story. It's because of who he is and what he's done in our life. More importantly, it's his character. I love how Paul says how generous and gracious he is and that he filled him with faith and love. Hey, y'all, if you've experienced Jesus... If you've experienced his love this morning, if you've experienced his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, if you've experienced him today, you have a story to tell. I'm just trying to encourage you. I'm just trying to remind you this morning, over and over again, if we've experienced his love and his graciousness and his mercy and his compassion, man, we have a story to tell. And that story is ultimately him. And so it goes on to say that, Verse 15, this is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I'm the worst of them all. Verse 16, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience, even with the worst sinners. Then others will realize they too, I'm gonna say that again. Then others will realize they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. So that's why we share. That's why we do what we do. That's why somebody needs to hear your story just like they need to hear my story. It's because they need to realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. So much power in this verse. Love it. I love it. And I want to conclude Uh, This message, they with this verse out of Revelation. Hey, shout out back to the book of Revelation. We're going there again. We're going back. You thought it was dead, but now it's alive. Come on, somebody! In Revelation chapter twelve verse eleven, they defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony, and they did not love their life so much that they were afraid to die. Listen, if we're going to defeat the enemy this morning, if we're going to to reach people in this world that need Jesus. But we're going to do it by the blood of Jesus and by our story. So I encourage you this morning. Hey, Jesus loves you. And hey, your past has been not only forgiven, you've been healed. Like Jesus has set you free. And you have a story to tell. And so I want to encourage us all one last time that you have a powerful story. And people need to hear your story. And so I hope that I give you confidence this morning. To, to share your story and watch what God does. You're going to see the enemy be defeated and you're going to see people come to know him for the very first time. And so what an honor it has been to be able to share with you this morning. And I just want to pray for us and we're going to go enjoy some good food and fireworks. And Jesus, I just thank you. Um, ultimately, the story, my story is about you and who you are. And in all of our lives, the, the testimony is you. And how awesome you are, that you are a generous, loving, kind, forgiving, gracious, merciful God. That is who you are. And Lord, if we've experienced that this morning, we have a story we need to share with people. This world needs to know how awesome you are. They don't need to hear another verse. They don't need to hear another lecture. Oh, they just, they need to hear our story. So Holy Spirit, I pray for every single person that... Hey, there's that person out there that says, I don't have a story to tell. I I don't I don't I don't have a messy story. God, you know, nobody wants to hear my story. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd encourage that person. That their story is just as powerful. And God, for the person that feels disqualified this morning because of their past, encourage them that you want to use those messy details to set people free. Jesus, we thank you ultimately that. Our story is all because of your story and who you are and what you've done in our lives. And and this morning, we're just so thankful for that. And and I just pray for every single person here today that feels like they feel like this prodigal son, the lost son. I pray that they would come to know you in a fresh new way this morning, that they would receive your love this morning. They would receive your grace this morning and they would receive a a fresh new start, a brand new life in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to the Bridgepoint Church Podcast. I hope we've shared something meaningful for you wherever you're at in your spiritual journey. Just so you know a little bit more about us, we meet on Sunday mornings in downtown Woodstock, but we also meet during the week in what we call live groups, and that's where the really good stuff happens for us. If you're becoming a regular listener of this podcast, we'd like to invite you to make it relational just like we do during the week. Grab a Bible, invite some friends to join you, and turn this into a conversation. If you're already a regular listener and would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting us online at bpc.life and choosing the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for listening.